Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 179 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. So too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Hannon, and I'm joined by a man who has just told me that I've been saying uh, episode 176 for the last four weeks. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Uh, good, Robbie. Good, good, mate. Look, I just, just want to apologise um, for that text message that I sent you know, a while ago, before oh. before the podcast started, where I said, you know, that you're untrustworthy and, and a liar, because, you know, yeah, we could have easily had 176 episodes a couple of times in a row. So just just in the in the uh, in the vein of Barnaby Joyce with our our PM. Just, oh yes. Know, sorry about that text message I sent earlier, mate. Yeah, really uh, apologise. Uh, that's right. I, I received an anonymous text message from um from, from a colleague that was involved yeah, that I and, and and it almost got leaked back to you. You know, I was um you know, I almost <laughs> accidentally forwarded onto you, which is always a her- a terrible faux pas when uh, when 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 you're sharing uh you know uh, humor humorous stories about someone and you actually go to send that email uh, to the person who it is about. You know, it's such a you know it's so easy to do these days, Lewis. Well, that's right. I mean, we often send text message each other and then we forward them on don't we to to the parties involved just to just to make sure they're in the loop look there there and there may have been that time where you know there's a there's a few common um sort of recurring um gifts that we will send to each other of you know it, it must be said uh you know a, an, an adult nature you know um and and well, not I'm, adult just crude i think oh, crude 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 very juvenile very juvenile, juvenile good, word, good word. Yes, yeah. very juvenile. Unlike, unlike us on every episode. Correct. Yeah, you're usually very gritty, very, <laughs> uh, very gritty yes, and very, yes. very hard hitting. It's like an NPR episode. Um, now, um, the, I, I may have accidentally sent one of our juvenile and crude gifts to uh, my good lady wife, um, who, who then uh, uh, responded back with question marks. And I said, oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was meant for Lewis. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she went, why? Oh. Well, why? Why are you sending a picture of Jamie Oliver making sausages to Lewis? <laughs> I said, well, look, it's, it's either that, know, it's, it's either. It's either that or the one, the, the one of the, yeah, the people, yeah, some of the others that we can get, but that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you can yes. delete it if you want, just, or you can leave it there for prosperity. I just, I knew you were having a barbecue and I just wanted to see if you wanted some, some sausages. That was all that that came through. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. On the, on the, on the subject of, of meat. Yes. Say, I, I had a, uh, had a uh, Labrador puppy come in this week. Oh yes, and uh, and the owner was it's interesting sort of scenario. You know, I mean, you, you probably get it all the time. Mate. You get the uh, the owners, oh, the breeder. You know, the breeder of my Labrador, the very very experienced breeder. They've been yes. breeding for for fifty years. You know, they yep. know the Labradors, and and you you know they. Know, they know they've, what, they've what watched ne- dogs having sex more than anyone else I know. So they yeah. are absolute experts. Exactly. And, and they, you know, they know the Labrador breed and, and yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. That, I understand that. No worries. So, um, so yeah, you know, what are you feeding the dog? Oh, well, we're doing what the breeder told us to feed and, yep. and we're feeding um, a raw meat diet, just right. raw, raw meat. 
Okay. And I, well, as, as a vet, mate, you would, uh, you know, Labrador on, on just raw meat. I'm, we're very concerned about things like uh, bone development and correct. And the potential for rubber bones is, is, is an issue without yep. some sort of balancing of the calcium to phosphorus ratio. And, and uh, I really tried to stress the owner that I really felt that they needed to have a, some a portion of commercial food in their puppy food to try and get some balance in the diet that are, are a raw meat diet no 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 the breeder said it must be fed this for the first two years of their life or else they're going to get uh you know problems with their joints and the owner kept going on they're an amazing breeder they would know and i sort of said well i'm a vet is, you know, yes, they've been breeding for 50 years. Yeah, I've been a vet for a few years, but then there's people behind me who've been vets for a few years and then people behind that and there's research behind that and there's science and and uh, and then there's obviously... Your, talk to me your, about science. Your argument, I've done my yeah. research. Um, and eventually they pushed me just far enough that I then said, okay, right, they're a wonderful breeder. So what are the hip and elbow scores of mum and dad? Yep. What? Uh, what? what what's it huh? what hip and hip and well if they're a really good breeder and they really care about their breed they would be doing x-rays on mum and dad to get hip and elbow scores and possibly even eye scores pra scores on, yep. on mum and dad as well so they make sure that their puppies don't have hip and elbow scores oh oh Okay. Uh, oh, well, they're really good. Yeah. Okay, good. So if they give you good advice on feeding and they're worried about the joints, then they would have done this stuff. And there was crickets. And it was an interesting little just click in the person's head that I went, that I gave them a little bit of science back. I thought, I don't normally do that, but yeah, yeah. Just pushed me far enough that I, I just couldn't hold back. And it was, uh, it was an interesting moment. You, 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 no one's infallible, Lewis. Everyone's got a, uh, everyone's got a breaking point. You know, yes. until until then you go, yeah. You know what? I, well, I had a um, a, 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 oh, no, actually, I won't go into that story because no, my my yeah yeah. But it's a a, a similar a similar thing of where talking to a client about a um a, a situation that happened with their breeder and a um and a deal that that breeder had with another another vet clinic and about oh, how, you know oh, yeah. how things can be so different at one clinic to another clinic and isn't it all just the same as well you know there's always that it's not it's not necessarily just like going and getting your car serviced where you just plug it into the same computer mm -hmm. and it tells you what's going on you know if you're if, if one place is doing something for a hell of a lot cheaper than where someone somewhere else is something's got to give you know mm. something and 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 there ain't no lambos in that car park lamborghinis in the car park that no. i'm driving around so oh. you know there's there's some there's something that you that's going to be compromised so yeah um, right oh but well, but but is it well no well look you know if you 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 want to come and see me because you say that you value my opinion well i'm giving you my opinion yeah. and and unfortunately yeah it's going to cost you so <laughs> yeah well another frustrating case i had a um probably okay to talk names on this one because i'm pretty sure they've um well unless they're listening from overseas but i had a uh, a client come in with their cat that they were taking i want to say to either ireland or france okay now i have traveled a little bit i do realize they're not the same place but you know, good for the for the sake of the story we'll say it was yep. china yeah yeah there's, um, there's, yeah. There's, there's, there's england in the middle between the two yeah you, know? you can't yeah. sort of read yeah yeah it could have been i don't know Paraguay, but it was we'll say, <laughs> say it was uh, Venezuela, and um, so the uh, and it was frustrating 
because when you when we export pets sort of overseas, we're doing some paperwork for them. They often there's a rabies vaccination we need to do, and the paperwork needs to be perfect. You know, everything needs to be correct for yes. export because if you've got something wrong, then you know you have an issue when you get it at a border somewhere, and and it's it's got to be pretty exact. So I get the owner to come over to the computer, and I get them to check their name, their address. Uh, their details, then get them to check the pet's name, the details of the pet. You know, yes, yes, it's a cat, not a dog. Thank you. Great. Good. Tick, tick. good. Yeah. Yep. That goes meow instead of woof. Yep. Great. Thanks. Uh, name of the cat, Priscilla. Right. right. Priscilla. Yep. Got Priscilla. Yep. No, no worries. Okay. That's, that's fine. Good. Priscilla. You've got that down. So all done. Yep. Okay. You go around the other side of the console table now. We'll do all this paperwork. We'll fill it all out. Yep. I'll do the whole rabies certificate. That's fine. Done all that. Yep. That's great. So here it is. Uh, look, we'll just go. I'll go through this certificate with you. Oh, hang on. I've just got to go and get something. Go and get a printout. Come back in. He's been on the phone. Oh, yeah. I know you've just done the certificate, uh, but the cat's name, I've just spoken to my wife. The cat's name is actually Persilla. 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 Not, not I see Priscilla. I see what they did there. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Persilla. So okay. Right. Well, that's annoying because I can't just take white out and change per to per. I've got to redo the whole certificate. Right. I just tear it up. Yep. Not angry yet. yet. Not angry. Okay. Good. To redo. Let's do redo the whole certificate. Yep. You know. Persilla. Yep. So Persilla. Yep. So this is the name of your cat now. Persilla. Yep. No worries. Yep. Right How many R's that. are there in Persilla? Well. Well, oh no, this is where gun. it's going. You're jumping the gun. So, oh no, oh no, sorry, I've, I've turned to the back. I've turned to the last page. P U double R Silla. No, yep, that's what it is. Okay, that's what it is. No worries. Here it is. Here's your stiffit. Go through this. This is all correct now. No worries. That's fine. Off you go. There, there's your paperwork. That's a week later. They're at the. Um, at the export company, getting it all ready. Uh, coming, coming to the front desk. Oh. It's not Persilla with two R's. It's only one R in Persilla. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So just so frustrating that obviously there was a dichotomy between the, 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 the female partner and the male partner. They could not agree on the name of this pet. And it doesn't really matter as long as we keep the same on all the paperwork. Yes. But yep. they, oh, and I was just like, oh, gosh. And we're busy, you know, to do that sort of yep. stuff so many times over. It was frustrating. So... <laughs> So a little bit of a frustrating week there. A couple of things going on, but yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah, that's there you great. That's yeah. so good. Oh. Hey, um, speaking of moving, I had a client during the week that um that was talking to me about their cat. Um, so they moved um recently from uh, one house to another house. Um, and now whenever they um are, you know much the same as what we should be doing in our fourth bedroom, as we were talking off air, you know, um, where with our fourth bedrooms, we should be getting there and unpacking the boxes that have been in here for, for years. Yeah, th th these couples are bringing in the boxes from the garage to unpack them but every time they're bringing the boxes in to unpack their cat starts to get really stressed because he's associating oh. seeing the boxes with the move so yep. guess what i recommended to them oh mate i it would have to be you'd have to say zilkeen 
Zilkeen, how did you know the number one thing? And what a, what a wonderful segue into talking about Zilkeen. Right, um, yeah. Zilkeen, mild anxiety-relieving uh, medication, uh, alpha-cazozapine, uh, really great. Uh, many, many different uses for these mild anxiety sort of inducing effects. So I've, I've recommended this owner to use that for the cat. I said, look, well, obviously, if he's fine all the rest of the time, it's only just when the boxes come in, just started a couple of days before you bring the boxes in give him, yeah. give him a bit more when he's getting when you're unpacking the box leave him to have the box to play in afterwards he'll feel great and then you can stop it again until the next time you bring the bring another box out i don't Good know idea. whether or not the zilkeen will have an expiry date of 2032 if it takes them 10 years to unpack all the boxes <laughs> uh, I, I, and, I, and i feel bad now that i'm thinking about it because i didn't actually check them on that and say look this means you've only got 18 months or 24 yeah. months to actually unpack your garage. Actually get onto that. Under the pump. So you might have to get onto it a bit quicker than what <laughs> I'm doing to my fourth bedroom. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I gave some Zilkin to Priscilla for the flight oh, did over, you? over to Nicaragua. And um, yep. how and many R's said, are there in Zilkin? Yeah. Well, Nicaragua, there's a lot of R's. Let me yeah. tell you, that was one I had to Google. Uh, and interesting, I said, look, I'm only going to give you half the bottle because I need to take the other half the bottle to deal with my stress that you caused <laughs> over all these... <laughs> Certificates that we're doing. So, but big thank you to Zilkeen, of course. And and Absolutely. also our other our other sponsor, Delicate Care, the Australian made, Australian owned, Australian sourced. Yes. Um, uh, 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 pet food for, for your dog and for your, for your cat. If you're having trouble getting some of the other brands, well, it might be a good time to try some Delicate Care. Delicate Care, we're always there. Oh, that's the one. I was trying to think of it. I was trying to think of it. <laughs> Very nice. And they're welcome to use that if they need to. So they've got uh, they've got some great range. They've got the uh, the skin and the stomach for the dogs and the cats. So yes. if, you, if you I had a cat today that uh, that was vomiting um, intermittently, and I said to the owner, I said, look, what say we change it onto onto a little bit of skin and stomach, and let's keep a vomit diary. And yes. work out is it increasing or is it decreasing when we go on on the delicate care. So what a great idea! Yeah, excellent. And also, big thank you to our Patreon supporters, uh, uh, Patreon because they're there. Is because right? they're, yeah, because they're there, we're there. Yeah, all right, okay, that's yes. right. Yeah, we do. Th so thank you very much, guys. Absolutely. I, and I was I was thinking you know, on on air production meeting if we do happen to manage to um uh, snaffle ourselves one of these little whippets when um yeah and they, they put some pictures up of the whippets the um yeah the ones that we might uh, have our names down for um so so we, just just for the listener out there who may not have been listening last week Robbie is to, getting a new puppy a whippet. Hopefully, yeah. To, if, if you missed out on episode one hundred and sixty-seven, part four, uh, <laughs> on the, wait, one, yeah, what was it one one seventy-six, number seven? Yes, yeah. Um, that uh, that yeah. Well, we might. Um, I was thinking we might do like a um, almost like a like a puppy, you know, puppy puppy cast and have that up there on uh, on on Patreon, you know, as a, as a way for um, you know, for people, you know, how what I'm doing with my puppy training of the puppy, things like oh, that. So, so like a live feed, live feed into your home 24 hours a day. Is that what you're suggesting, mate? Yeah, oh, great maybe, idea. maybe just a little, a little camera just dangling around on the dog's collar, maybe like oh. a little GoPro attached to its poor little pumpkin head. So it can sort of you know, run around and see, see how dirty bedroom four is. <laughs> Catch uh, Robbie in his in his morning uh, morning workout that he's having. This, That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Using my oh, old, get out! Quick, quick, get out! Yeah, yeah the, the old the old aerobics, old style videos that I've got that I've got taped. 
Uh, what nice. have you found for us to talk about this week, Lewis? Well, this is an article that I saw in the uh, it's ABC article. Um, oh, there you go. Written by ABC. ABC Rural, it looks like. Um, and uh, great, great article. Really, really caught my eye. Um, uh, a decline in the global donkey population and a surge in their popularity amongst livestock owners has seen the price of our skyrocket. Wow. Wow. And that's all I'm going to read because I really like that sentence. What, 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 and especially Price from the national broadcaster as well. You know, yeah, I know. very, what? very expensive ass. <laughs> Skyrocketing. Hey, is this when you're, you're going to have to put this on as, a, as like an explicit podcast now? Because I've talked about asses. Yes. All, all this ass talk. Yes. No, no, not because donkeys are asses. Two vets talk asses. <laughs> Donkeys have become a popular addition to mobs of sheep as guardians against predators and to cattle as peacemakers to prevent fighting. West Australian livestock agent Phil Phil said prices for donkeys had soared. In Phil the past, Pat- Phil. 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 <laughs> Phil. Mr. Phil. Phil. Lucky Phil. Plus 18 months, we've seen a big jump in price, he said. Uh, Mr. McCracken, I think it is. Right. Part, yeah. He said he started off at around about $600 or $700 a donkey. Then a couple of sales ago, I think it reached 2500 for a good young Jenny. Right. Jenny. Yeah. yeah. Phil, 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 Phil enjoys Jenny's ass. <laughs> Mr. McCracken. Mr. McCracken said donkeys worth about $6 a head as a pet, as pet meat about three years ago. Oh, oh, here we go. Hang on. A second. Hang on. That's, that, that, that's, that, that's plummeted. <laughs> Yeah. I should have, I should have, uh, I didn't read totally through this. Where's the, where's the donkey pit meat? Oh, that's, it wasn't that part hey, of were the. were you uh, distracted by the ass headline? Yeah. I'd only read that first bit. I thought that'll do it. But then we've got <laughs> nothing else to talk about. So I've got to go on with it. Donkeys are mainly sourced from pastoral region where large numbers are regarded as vermin in the rangelands as they cause environmental damage and compete with native animals and livestock for feed. Donkeys are sterile, aren't they? You can't. Put it two donkeys together and make a donkey. No, donkeys you can. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, if you put a donkey and a horse together, then that makes something else. I thought other ah. donkeys were. Maybe it's the donkeys ass. Are, that you, no, donkeys are a breed. Are, are a distinct. Gee, I should have researched. Well, what's a mule? This? Uh mule. Maybe mule ster- sterile. Maybe mule sterile. You you keep reading about your ass, All and right. I'll see and whether you, or not mules are sterile. Yeah, you Google. You Google um, crossing asses. Yes. Yeah, ass 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 mating. What happens if you cross you a that, horse yeah. and an ass? <laughs> and uh, and don't put that up so I can see it. Geraldton uh, <laughs> farmer Ben Roy said dog attacks on his sheep were costing more than $10,000 each year, and he hoped the addition of two female donkeys to his sheep flock would help deter dogs from entering his paddocks. We've got paddocks that are quite close to town at the back of Geraldton. Dogs are coming out not maliciously wanting to kill animals, but they're playing with the sheep, and one thing is leading to another. Last year, we lost 70 lambs in 10 ewes, and a lot of them were actually, weren't actually killed. They were mauled, so we had to put them out of their miseries ourselves. Mr. Royce said three th- for, paid $3,000 for his pair, but he said they would cover their cost if they stopped some sheep from being killed. We look at a few different options, and donkeys seem to be the most reliable. They can look after themselves are quite friendly to humans. While donkeys as pets and guardian animals is a limited market, global, global demand for donkeys is also up. Mr. McCracken said the global donkey population had declined due to demand for donkey skins in China. Right. It, it's called Ejo. 
I don't know if that's correct. E-J-I-A-O. There is a belief that the skin has medicinal powers and the donkey population worldwide has crashed. The Chinese population is down by over two thirds and they just can't get enough donkey meat and particularly skin, he said. Wow. So, the, the donkeys can't grow their skin fast enough. No. So what happens when you cross a donkey with a, a zebra? So according to according to Wikipedia, oh yeah, a mule, right. a mule is the offspring of a male donkey and a, a called a jack, and a female horse known as a mare. Horses and donkeys are different species with different numbers of chromosomes. Ah. On the of the two first generation hybrids between these two species, a mule is easier to obtain than a hinny, which is the offspring of a female donkey, a jenny, and a male horse. Right. There you go. Um, so, so I think, so um, mule, horses, yeah, okay. so, so donkeys horses, are a species and they just have babies like normal. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I saw it somewhere here that horses have like for, and, and I'm more than willing for any, any listeners out there that, um, want to look further down Wikipedia than what I currently am, um, that horses have got 42 chromosomes and that donkeys have, uh, sorry, no, horses have 64 chromosomes and donkeys have 62 chromosomes. And then someone here had said that then, so that the offspring then have 63, but that doesn't really make sense to me. I don't think it just has, I don't think it just works it's out. Just Harvard in the middle. No, nah, yeah, it doesn't it, generally. That, that, um, that doesn't seem to but, work for but me. But listen to next, next week episode when we talk two vets talk genetics. That'll be, yeah, that'll be a um, real blinder. Uh, there's also a thing on here about, um, about, um, about uh, a drug mules. Drug mules are, <laughs> uh, are, are listed here as people that, um, that, that like to uh, have, often have to hide things up their ass. So, um, mm. so, so that's something that's, uh, that, that the listeners can look up themselves as well. Now it is a, officially an explicit podcast because you move no. away from donkeys to talking about putting things up your donkey. No, no you, so, some people like to hide in the little pockets. You know, like if you say you're trying to get across the border oh. from America into, into Mexico, or Mexico into America, right, and you're, and you're riding on, a, on an ass, right, you've just got to hide. You know, so if you're going to try and hide drugs in your ass, you're going to try and sort of hide it in the little pockets on the saddle. Mate, don't, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make your life easier here. It's, it's yeah, it's good. No, you're doing well. You're doing well. Have you seen the the movie The Mule with Angus Sampson? No. Where does he hide it? Yes. Yes. Oh, right. He's, in a similar he's, place. He's definitely got a donkey in the in the hotel room <laughs> with him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Nice. Anyway, alrighty. I've also got another article here. Wonderful. What are we hiding this time? Something a little bit more that we might know something about. Norway bans breeding of English Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Oh, okay. The animal rights group Animal Protection Norway, which campaigned for the change to the law, announced the ruling had been made to the numerous man-made health problems experienced by both types of dogs. The body said the breeds were subject to systemic betrayal of our four-legged friends. Systemic betrayal? Yeah. Wow. wow. The man-made health problems of the bulldog have been known since the early 20th century. This verdict is therefore many years overdue. For decade, many decades, sick dogs have been bred illegally. What is happening here is a systemic and organized betrayal of our four-legged friends. Today, it was finally determined that this is a violation of the law. Both, both Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are known to suffer from a variety of health conditions, including breathing conditions, mm-hmm. tick, skin infections, tick, yep. eye conditions, joint problems, and heart issues. In 2016, a study by a team at the University of California found the genetic makeup of English Bulldogs were not sufficiently diverse for the breed to continue. Right. 
According to the piece of research, the intense designing of the animals were creating biological issues. For example, of the 102 healthy dogs included in the study, around 80% of them were more genetically similar than they would have been if their parents had been siblings. Wow. Oh, wow. Gee whiz. Wow. So, so, so that it was just a family reunion in the end. Yeah, essentially more inbreeding than than your donkeys, I reckon. Than your, yes, than your jacks and your jennies. Animal Protection Norway argued in court that a ban was required because intense breeding meant that no animals from either breed could be categorized as healthy and therefore is against the country's welfare laws. The ruling stated, however, that the new ban would not include breeders who are attempting to put an end to the animal's health problems. Oh, okay, there's a little loophole. Yeah. So as long as you're attempting to put an end to the health problems, it's okay. Yeah. The judgment said that serious and scientifically based crossbreeding could be a good alternative. In the UK, some 11,594 English Bulldogs were registered to the Kennel Club in the UK in 2020, which represented a decade-long high for the breed. However, the popularity of King Charles Spaniels has waned in recent years. That would be correct. Uh, certainly what we find in Australia too. Yeah, I think, I think. so. Yep. A couple of years ago, the UK government introduced a landmark new law aimed at preventing puppy farms from operating illegally by banning the commercial third-party sale of baby animals. Lucy's law means that anyone wants to get a pet puppy or kitten in England must buy directly from a licensed breeder or consider adopting instead. The law is named after a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel called Lucy. She died in 2016 after being poorly treated on a puppy farm as a baby. Lucy's law is the result of 10 years grassroots campaign supported by the likes of Ricky Gervais, Brian May, Rachel Riley and Robbie Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. Very good, mate. Yep. Well done. Got it yep. through there. Good absolutely. stuff. Good stuff. And then in a, in a, in a similar article, people. similar article, just underneath that one, similar yep. article, that one was from Lad Bible. This one's from The Guardian. Directly underneath that, first UK hairless French bulldog litter promotes extreme breeding concerns. <laughs> Beauty. Beauty. You know, a litter, a litter of hairless French bulldogs has been branded a worrying example of extreme breeding by the British Veterinary Association, which has voiced concerns that some owners are priori- prioritizing nov- novelty over the health of their pet. Yeah, imagine the, that. Who would have thought? The dogs are believed to be bred in Scotland to be the result of crosses between French bulldogs, pugs, and Chinese crested dogs. Is that is that considered the healthy crossbreeding that we're after? That moves away and becomes serious and scientifically based crossbreeding is a good alternative. Is that, is that what it is? That, that said, that doesn't quite sound like uh yeah, it doesn't seem to seem to fit the bill, to be honest. Is that a breeder that's attempting to put an end to the animal's health problems? Wouldn't seem to be. No, no, no. it would not seem to be. So there's a bit of a worry and a bit of a disconnect there. I think between the two, the hairless French bulldog, and the ban on English Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles in Norway. Interesting, so, interesting that um, in Norway that it's, they've decided that it's the cavies and the English Bulldogs that they're going to try and put the um, put the stoppers on because, to be honest, they're not – like if you're going to stop the English Bulldogs, well, then realistically the French Bulldogs should be yeah. – yeah, you know, should be stopped as well. And oh, no, no, no. The French is okay. Oh, French oh, is okay, no, no. is it? Oh, right? no, 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 no. Ah, no, so, it's, so, so it's just an anti-Anglo thing that we're talking <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, it's across the channel. Yeah, right, the, yeah, right. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's like a they're, they're trying to pay back for the Vikings sort of thing. You know, they reckon <laughs> that they're you know, having to go there. Um, well, but, well it's, oh, no, I, wouldn't, I won't say that. Well, yeah, you're, you're back yeah. out of that one? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Sounds Rewind. good. Yeah. Um, All righty. 
All advice on this show is generally in nature, so please consult your veterinary before following advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. So, righty, mate. So the look, man with the, 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 the longer run-up than Pat Cummins has, 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 got, uh, has, has got some information for us on, on cannabis oils, mate, on CBD. What do we got? CBD. So in, in response to... Oh, a couple of things. So, so we had a, a letter last year from one of our listeners, um, Tracy, who was um, asking about the about the use of um, of CBD oil and as a uh, as its uh, potential benefits and use for multimodal pain management because she had an old cat that we were treating for um, for for osteoarthritis. Cleo, 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 that's correct. Old cat, yes, yep. Um, and and also another good friend of the show, Cloudy. She's got her dog Sefi currently on um, on CBD oil as well. So um, ah, so so shout so out to Cloudy. I haven't, haven't said hello for a while. Yeah, so um, so it's certainly been something that's been on my to-do list of trying to have a bit of a look into it because, um, it it certainly is um, it's it's on the rise. The um, you know, people thinking about and talking about the use of CBD oil, not just for animals, but you know, particularly for people. But like a lot of things happen, once it happens in people, then it starts to trickle uh, trickle down into the veterinary side of things as well. So. I'm going to see how I go with trying to confuse everybody um, and trying to distill these um, these pages and pages and pages of stuff, because as much as what I've got pages and pages of stuff here in front of me, there is actually not a hell of a lot. There hasn't been a hell of a lot of articles that have been showing about um, the use of CBD oil for different things. It's postulated uses are uh, very, very many and a very, very far reaching, but in terms of actual um scientific evidence, you know, high grade. Um, what, what do they call, what do we call it when we're looking for, um, you know, the different sort of levels of, um, of evidence, Ooh, uh, you know, um, uh, double blind placebo controlled sort of, you know, um, yeah. So, uh, so, so peer reviewed, like, peer reviewed. Yeah. So, so that's like a, like a, a tier, is it, they call it tiers, like tier one oh, down to tier maybe, five where yeah. tier five is anecdotal and tier mm. one is where it's double blinded, randomized. Anyway, so, so there's not, there's a there is a paucity of um of hard evidence like even when i was searching before on um pubmed which is a an online uh, journal article search engine um cbd oil and cats nothing was coming up as far mm. like there's there's one where there was a um a, a, in the in the journal of feline medicine and surgery the safety and tolerability of escalating cannabinoid doses in healthy cats um that's it was uh that was published last year um in the in the jfm uh, jfms um journal article but there's not it's not like people are gone so here we are we use you know what's the effect in clinic owned cats in a double blinded study on its effects yeah, on osteoarthritis. Yeah. So, so we'll go back a little bit and we'll talk about right, well, what is CBD oil and, 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 you know, what are cannabinoids and, and how do they work and why do they work? So, um, you know, everybody that's ever watched a Cheech and Chong um, movie or Kevin Smith movies or really any movies from the 60s. Cheech or, or, and Chong. You know, or, or listen to any mu music of the 60s, you know, knows that uh, that cannabis has been around for a long time and that it's grown from various different 
types of or, you know, species or different versions of the of the cannabis plant, but there's a few different active ingredients within those plants that then hit receptors. Um, and so the receptors that they're talking about using it in these mammals are what they call the endocannabinoid receptors. So endo meaning inside and cannabinoid them being these receptors that we mammals have in us that these compounds within these plants can then hit and then exert some sort of an effect. But there are some that um, some of those uh, cannabinoids that when they hit the endocannabinoid receptors inside mammals, just make us want to sit down and watch Netflix and eat cheesels. And there's some that may potentially help with things like osteoarthritis or, you know, potentially things with seizures or also talking about anti-inflammatory effects and things like that. So there is a lot of research that's going on in the human side of things because now the availability of it is there. Um, and eventually we'll probably see a lot more of that coming into the veterinary side of things. But the problem is, is that even though there hasn't been a hell of a lot in the way of sort of really rigid research done so far, that hasn't stopped. Are you still there? Oh, sorry, because you hadn't moved. I thought I... I thought I'd frozen again. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I just had a little zone out there. Just, a little uh, zone out. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm glad. Take I'm my CBD and I've just zoned out. I'm glad. glad I'm glad I'm, I'm holding your attention. I'll, I'll try and get to the points a little bit more. Um, so, so the difficult thing is, is that there's um, – so let, let's, let's go off on another little segue. How are these things made? They are made by um, the cultivation of specific um, specific species of these cannabis plants. So then that way they can try and have a bit more um, reliability on what those compounds are yep. and what those what the concentration of those compounds are so that then that way they can have um, a bit more reliability on the product that's then coming out at the end that the consumers are going to buy and hopefully will then either work or not work so we know like people may have heard of thc thc is the that's the the cannabinoid that usually causes the that, that's that's your Cheech and Chong cannabinoid. So that's your one that usually you know gets you freaked out. You find in your um in your muffins, you know, around the uh, the Nimbin area around Byron Bay. But it's more the CBD ca cannabinoid that they are looking for, trying to use and trying to isolate out to try and have more of the desired effects of benefit rather than the unwanted adverse effects that you can get with THC. But THC can also hit these receptors too. It's just that depending on the concentration of what that THC is, then depends on whether or not you get more of those unwanted effects. So, you know, you've got, you know, LK's uh, uh, cannabis, uh, medicinal cannabis, uh, cannabis, uh, 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 business and so he wants to then try and start creating some medicinal cabinets so great terrific lewis has decided he wants to do it he's got his he's got his specific plant that he's gonna that he's gonna try and grow what they can then do is they try and isolate out the cbd so then they can highly refine that out but again there's there is some variability on how much of it is in each plant and also the effectiveness of what's there 
the other thing then is, right, well, how do you then get that into uh, into the patient? So um, in a lot of the articles that I was talking about, because you know, the cannabinoid, it's an oil. And so oils are hydrophobic. So hydrophobic means they don't like water. So if they don't like water, things that don't like water are hard to get into mammal bodies because mammal bodies are made up of water. So what they've had to try and work out is, okay, how are we going to try and get these oil products in? So what a lot of the research has been in is trying to work out how do you prepare these, um, uh, how do you prepare these cannabinoids with the oils, the CBD with what oils, so that you can increase the absorption? Because once it's absorbed, then we can see, is it actually going to work? So in, in some of the studies that I've seen where they're talking about um, different, like, so what they call naked CBD. So naked CBD is where it's just the oil itself you need to use quite a high dose in order to get the, the concentrations. So usually what they're going to do is they're going to form what's called liposomes. So liposomes is where they mix up the CBD oil with other stuff that's going to coat it that will then make it more easily absorbed into wee water-loving mammals. Um, the tough part then is, is right, well, what oil are you going to use? Because as John Laws once said, oils ain't oils. So there's some oils that are that are better. And also then, um, so with Lewis's um, cannabis company, has he actually determined what size of, um, of liposomes are going to need to be coated around these CBD, um, uh, this CBD oil that will actually uh, allow it to be absorbed? And how, how, um, how optimistic is he or how realistic is he that he can make those sized compounds each and every time? So we haven't even started talking about no. where it works or what it does yet. We're just talking about how can you produce the product and get it into a patient to then at a reliable enough way to then say, Okay, right now we're gonna now we're gonna be able to see how much of an effect it's gonna have. So can you just can you just cut it with a bit of bit of fentanyl or you know uh, like or add some baby cocaine. powder or something yeah, like that? Cocaine, seen- yeah, rat rat poison. I don't know. Well, you know, just no, obviously not that. No, no none of these articles. No, none know, of these articles cover heroin, that. Um, heroin, methadone, <laughs> anything we can add that just oxycodone make it actually, actually no. work. Well, no. so, anyway, so so there was so you know in all of that. Um, you know, there, uh, there is starting to get some evidence in the veterinary world that maybe it might be starting to do something. I found an article um, that was published back in 2020 in the pain um, journal, uh, the pain journal. Um, oh, that'd be a stimulating read. It, it was actually, I read it before <laughs> while Christina was going and getting the, uh, get, getting lunch. Um, a randomized double blind placebo controlled study of daily cannabin oil um, for the treatment of canine osteoarthritis pain. Sounds promising. So it sounded promising. So this is from um, uh, uh, Chris D. Verico et al., um, who's from the Department of, uh, of Psychiatry and the Department of Pharmacology at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. So, um, yeah, yeah, very stimulating reading of where they talk about um, doing uh, uh, quite a few different, like testing uh, how um, the um, the cannabin oil um, is going to have effects on different cell lines and on mice models and all that sort of stuff. And so I'm not going to bore you all with well, that. I must I say, could, mate, there's a lot, a lot of highlighting you've done on that on that article. I'm worried we're going to run out of time. Only Is one it, small yeah. little bit of highlighting there, mate. And I promise you, I did read through it first. 
Um, well, there's actually two parts I'm going to read through. Um, one is where... Need the microphone. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Um, one is where they were talking about... Um, uh, about using it in in a human um, uh, study, like a hu in human models, um, uh, volunteers where they were testing the absorption of uh, the lipo the liposomal um, uh, CBD versus the naked CBD. Oh, so um, they were feeding it to the dogs, and then the humans were eating the dogs. Is that the new way of mixing the oil? Is that the new negative? Negative. No, no. no oh, first sorry. they feed it to monkeys, then they no, no. So um. Uh, so where uh, they we cut it with are... a bit of canine, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, okay, uh, and then you put it on so, a mirror. So here we go. Um, so in, uh, encouraged by the this data, we sought to validate enhanced bioavailability of liposomally encapsulated CBD in healthy human volunteers under the auspices of an IRB. Blah, 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 blah. Um, in brief, after provision, of yes, in brief, yes, in brief, yeah, right, in brief, okay. okay. That, that only cut out eight words. Yeah. Um, uh, after provision of informed consent, healthy human volunteers were randomized to receive 10 milligrams oral CBD in either a naked or liposomally encapsulated formation. Circulating CBD levels were determined from pre and one hour post administration blood draws. At a second study visit, this procedure was repeated in the same volunteer using the converse delivery method, i.e. naked versus liposomally encapsulated. So they just reversed it. Um, for in, uh, let's see. Um, Is there anything about if they... If the humans were naked and then they rubbed the liposome on themselves, is that is that well they did that on one of that the third ones? They did rub it on on some naked mice on the new um, mice on the yeah, new right mice. On. Yeah, among the study the five. Uh, so unfortunately, this is only a study of five volunteers, so it's only small in this human one. Five. So so five. The, it might it might have been the people that were actually doing the study, but I don't know. Um, That's you, me, um, and and Christine and Deb, and we're done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and one of the neighbours, um, among the five study volunteers for whom data were available, the bioavailability of liposomally encapsulated CBD was 17.1 plus or minus 16 fold greater than that of naked CBD at one hour post administration. Further, while two of the five subjects exhibited undetectable circulating CBD levels followed in the oral administration of naked CBD, all five subjects exhibited detectable levels of circulating CBD following the oral administration of the liposomally encapsulated CBD. So basically, yeah, Lewis is just having a drink and some metho, everyone. Um, so, so the so it needs to be coated in oil because the naked stuff isn't absorbed as much. So anyway, this is where we get five to five people didn't absorb it. Is this in brief? Is this in brief bit? That that part's the in brief. That's right? in brief. Oh, we so we're going so no, to now, now we're getting version. on. So now we're getting on to the short-term administration of CBD to domestic canines diagnosed with osteoarthritis is safe and improves quality of life. That's the subheading. Stay with me, right? Okay, right. While there is a variety of pre of different preclinical mouse models of arthritis, as noted, these model chemical and pathological features of the disease have been poorly predictive in determining symptomatic or therapeutic responses. So no good in mice. Doesn't work in mice. Well, well, that mice models then doesn't correlate with um, with actual real life examples. Okay. In an effort to better model treatment efficacy, we conducted a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial among large, greater than twenty kilogram, mean was um, was forty-one plus or minus fifteen kilograms, outbreed canines with an affirmative veterinary diagnosis of osteoarthritis and experiencing decreased mobility and quality of life. 
Following diagnosis and provision of owner-informed consent, animals were enrolled and randomly provided with identical medication bottles, which contained one of four treatments, including either um, a low dose of naked CBD, a higher dose of naked CBD, a low dose of liposomal CBD, or a placebo consisting only of fractionated coconut oil. So that's the, that's the oil that they use to try and um, form these liposomal things. Um, so, so there are at least four dogs in that trial, obviously. Uh, no, there is. Um, it, does, it does say how many are there. And I, I think it at least be, four. Um, One for each. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I must say the last time I've seen such a big bundle of papers and documents was when you with, went to the toilet with, with with very little evidence in it is when Djokovic prevent presented his reason for not being vaccinated at the Supreme Court I think right well again stay with me right <laughs> um so they so they checked um baseline bloods right so, so they took bloods on day one and on day 30 did, um, did to it try work what's that did it work? That's all we want to know. Uh, yeah, well, what we'll worked? get there. We'll get there. We'll oh, get there. We, we, I don't, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. mate. I'm really pushing you through. It's just, just um, um, we're running out of daylight and yeah, we're running excellent. out of memory. The, the, fu- the, the funny thing is, is the more you interrupt, the longer it's taking. So, <laughs> well, if you just get out um, of the bottom bit where it says, in conclusion, right. The characteristics of, uh, um, <laughs> as, as shown in figure, um, as shown in the figure um, below, owner assessment of animal symptomology was not significantly altered by the administration of the placebo or the low dose naked CBD. However, administration of the 50, so the high dose naked CBD or the normal dose uh, of the liposomal CBD generated statistically significant reductions in pain symptomology an effect that remains statistically significant for at least 15 days after the cessation of therapy with some variability veterinarian clinical examination largely matched that of owner's assessment with generally no improvements observed among animals administered placebo or the low dose naked cbd and significant improvements noted among all four assessment categories of sitting to standing lying to standing walking and running as part of the helsinki pain scores among the dogs who received the high-dose CBD, uh, uh, naked CBD, and the low-dose liposomal, as evidenced by group compilation of raw uh, assessment scores or a secondary analysis that considered only whether symptomology in a given study participant worsened, remained the same, or improved. So, as much as what you're laughing... So, in conclusion... It works. It worked. In this small study. In the small study that was... How many dogs? we work that out? Did we get that bit? And was the placebo just coconut oil? It was just coconut oil. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah, fair yeah. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So Sorry. it might have worked. So it was. A, a, In four dogs. I, I did have it. One dog. No, it, was, it was more than four dogs, but I can't find exactly where the number is. But I'll, um, anyway, it's in there somewhere. Um, so... So that is, a, you know, what, what are the catch cries that we talk about when we're looking for high-grade evidence? It's yeah. randomised, double-blinded, Double pl- placebo-controlled yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. study. Yeah. So it's obviously a small study, and it's only been for one thing. So as I was alluding to earlier, there's people trying to, uh, you know, talking about can it be used for anxiety? Can it be used for epilepsy? Can it be used for inflammation, um, you know, osteoarthritis? Can it be used for other things? 
well, this is only for osteoarthritis. It's not nothing actually out there saying, is it going to be helping out for anxiety or cognitive dis- dysfunction things? Mm. So anything like that is all going to be anecdotal, right? Um, as far as for, um, for Trace's question, as far as with cats, things get even dicier. Like I couldn't find any, any other, um, any, any sort of um, articles where they've spoken about, like certainly we've got the one where they're talking about the, um, about the, the tolerability of it, where they're looking at, is it safe enough to use? So what that means is that those studies are probably coming. It probably means that they are going to be using these, um, the, the fact that they've said, right, well, yes, it is safe when we're using these doses. So therefore now let's start trying to use it. So um, I think the big, the big issues with it, and this is just my, my two cents worth, is it's probably got to be there as part of a, um, a, a balanced multimodal pain control um, a program. So using other stuff as well, you mean? Using other stuff as well, including yep. exercise moderation, diet, weight loss, weight loss um, yep. other medication. I mean, really weight loss is one of the big ones that's often often ignored or forgotten about mm. by owners. Mm. Um not a problem with Tracy's cat because she's a skinny old cat. So it's definitely not a weight problem with old Cleo. But um, the the other thing then is, is where you're getting it from, you know? So where you're getting it from, it's going to have to be somewhere where they have shown that the oil that they're using it with is actually able to form these liposomal um, uh, fragments so that the CBD can actually be absorbed. Because if it ain't getting absorbed, it's not doing anything. All it's doing is just costing you money. The other thing then is, right, well, is it actually having an effect versus all the other stuff you've been doing anyway? Um, and also, is it then having any other effects on the dog? So with Sefi, she's been on it on a slowly escalating dose. And so we've been keeping an eye on what her um, what her blood work's been looking like. And her liver enzymes have been slowly going up. So now we need to work out, right, well, hang on, we need to start thinking about reducing down, either, either reducing down the dose of the CBD or looking at taking her off it if it's actually going to cause her problems. So... Um, as much as what you're pulling faces and being an absolute <laughs> no, another right? question. Uh, yeah, can you source it in Australia off Absolutely. the shelf, or do you need a script? You need a script. You need a script. So, um, so, so we so can source it. So you can't just go down to your local health food shop and pull the CBD oil off the shelf. No, and expect that to be of uh, medicinal grade quality. So you need to get it through your vet is that right but doesn't That's need right. a special license no 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 that was from from what i can get i mean you need to have a special license to be uh, like a spec you need to be a specialized pharmacist to get it um but i think then vets can write the scripts for it to be um for it to be uh done so so right. i think so so i think vets can prescribe it to, uh, to my knowledge like the vet that's um, that's using it for the uh, prescribed it for Seth. She's someone that does, um, you know, like she does acupuncture and she is yeah. a vet. And so she's the one who's prescribed. Okay. It. Um, and so I'm, we're just working in conjunction with, um, with her, yeah, right. um, but you need to order it from specialized pharmacies with what the dose is, what the preparation is going to be, what the mill strength mm-hmm. is, but you mm-hmm. need to be keeping really close eye on it with what's actually happening. So, yeah. Um, okay. So you know, yeah, we got we had one dog uh, that uh, that went on it and was in liaison with a vet over in America actually for seizuring for epilepsy. Yeah, okay. Um, and and the dog was going okay. We had it on uh, some phenobarb. I think it might have been on 
maybe Kepper as needed. You know, it was on a few different things, um, maybe some potassium bromide, and it was having occasional breakthrough seizures. Yeah. And then the, the owner on their own got got in touch with overseas and said, I want to try CBD oil. And that, you know, overseas would be gone, yep, do this, do it, take bloods and get this, and we'll gradually increase the dose. And so she gradually got the stuff increased the dose started trying to wean off phenobarb and the seizures went out of control so it was yeah, like, okay. yeah we ended up just stopping and saying look i think we're gonna have an occasional breakout seizure but we need to stay on the meds i don't think cbd is oiling but that but working cbd oil is working so that's my sort of one um sort of instance that i've had any um use with it so yeah good good trying, research I, mate i, I may I, be pretending that i'm a little bit tired at the end of a long day at work and all that sort of thing but um good 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 to, uh well done on the research that's great really good uh, here we go. it was 20 it was 20 dollars so okay. again small study as mo- as yeah. unfortunately most studies are, oh, they are in, they? in 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 veterinary medicine yes yes they are 20 dogs and they did it the right way so that's, yeah. that's a good start you know if they then try i mean and these cats are more um not cats these people are more um I think they're doing it more from the from the human side of things, yeah. but and they're, they're looking at trying to use a canine model for human osteoarthritis. So, you know, yeah. you never know. You never Fantastic, know. Fantastic, mate. Good so, research. Um, uh, but but keep if you're going to do it, talk to your vet about it because um you know it's it's something that you a you need to make sure they're not on any other medication that's going to have mm. any other deleterious effects um and your vet your vet's going to have to be on board with helping to try and monitor to make sure that your animal's not having any deleterious effects while they're while they're on it so yeah, i think we're doing uh, serial blood tests on the one we had on as well every yeah. so often just checking liver enzymes i think it was yeah yeah so mm. I, I think I, I do think it's going to be a watch this space um i think the the fact that there's no big you know um, a multinational pharmaceutical company behind it means that you know it's it's not going to really get the um, the really big push behind it um, that's going to uh, that usually you would see with new medications, but whether or not they're doing that, you know, big companies like that probably do it for one or two reasons: either because a they don't think it's going to work, or b they think it's going to work, but they don't think they're going to make any money out of it because they'll do all the research and somebody else will be able to undercut mm-hmm. them on price. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's going to be, it's probably going to be these small scale studies that are going to, um, that are going to come up with it, you know, but yeah. So there you go. CBD. Excellent, mate. Ho- Good stuff. Hopefully that answers some of the questions that you didn't know that you had and never will ever have again on CBD oil. And, um, but if there is anything else you want to know, um, hit us up with an email at two vets, talk pets at gmail.com um, or find us on all the social things. If you've got questions that you want us to try and cover our hard hitting research that we yeah. will do in order to try and get to the bottom of it is all there. So we so, will, we will do our best to get, come up with the answers. So make sure you do get source it from your vet before you are, uh, you then mix it with your coconut oil and rub it over your naked body. That's what I've got from most of that, mate. Good stuff. There you go. Thank you. That's major take-home messages. In brief. In brief. In brief. In brief. Yeah. Yeah. As in that you have to be wearing briefs as you're rubbing it on, or can you go briefless? Naked, mate. Naked. Naked. Fully naked. Yeah, like we are recording right now. Small small dose naked or large large dose naked? (laughs) All righty, guys. Uh, so yeah, if you want to support us, you think uh, you think it's hard hitting. If you've learned something today, get onto Patreon and you can uh, you can support us. Uh, we, I haven't sent out some stickers. I was going to send out some stickers. They're coming coming. The person in New Zealand um, who joined up the other week. So thank yes. you. Um, but yeah, if you got any questions, 
twovets.pets at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. We are on uh, Instagram. Um, Robbie's on uh, Telegram. What are you going to sign, sign me up to this week? Telegram. He's on Contra. What is it? Contra. What's that? That Instagram one. The the uh, we keep getting emails about for the vegan eyeshadow or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna wear. What's that one called? Uh, Contrafit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway. Alrighty, guys. Excellent. All right, everyone. Peace out, everyone. Scratch you later. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle. <laughs>